From Birmingham, I'm Miranda Fulmore. When you think of classical music, what comes to mind? Maybe it's a few male composers from Western Europe. Garrett McQueen wants to change that perception. He argues all cultures and people have music that should be considered classical. McQueen hosts the program The Sound of 13, which highlights classical music through the Black experience. The name is a nod to the 13th Amendment, which abolished slavery. We'll be airing the show this week on WBHM. McQueen spoke about it with WBHM's Michael Crowell. How diverse is the classical music world, whether we're talking about composers, performers, or audiences? I mean, I guess what I'm really asking here is like, what are we missing out on? Over the past five or six years, my work has really centered around the idea of decolonizing classical music. And I know that that word can be a little intimidating for many people, but really what the point of it is, is that all around the world, there are、uh, musical traditions rooted in the stories and the cultures of people, music that those folks consider classical. So I apply that idea to the way I view classical music and even the,、uh, to the way that I view. The use of that phrase, the music of Beethoven and Bach and Brahms. All of that music is really phenomenal, but it's really just one aspect of the classical musics that exist all around the world. So, my long way of saying that、uh, the idea of classical music has been taught to us over the generations as an aesthetic rooted in the sounds of Western Europe. My job and my mission is to expand that to include the musical aesthetics and traditions of all people and all cultures. What can someone do today who's interested in learning more and moving beyond the stereotype of classical music from a white male composer? What I encourage people to do is to start where their interests are. What's the music that you love? What's the music that you spend the most time with? And where did it? Come from what inspired it. So let's say I'm, I'm speaking with someone who loves Beyonce. I would、uh, encourage them to think about the ways that R&B connects with the R&B of the mid to early 20th century. Its connection to blues, its connection to field hollers and and spirituals. And through that discovery, learning some of the names that made that music. Possible.、Uh, I think the same goes for things like bluegrass and folk music. You know, whatever people like, there are roots to those aesthetics that reach far, far back into the most traditional aspects of American music. You've said that you can't talk about classical music without talking about race. Can you tell me about both an obvious and a subtle way that racism has impacted classical music? So in, in my、uh, early days of radio, I really fell in love with the music of Frederick Delius. I love the story of a man from England whose parents wanted him to take on the family business, but he had other plans. He wanted to write music, so you know his parents sent him to Florida to manage、uh, an orange farm,、uh, as I was originally taught. And of course, while he was in Florida,、uh, he spent much of his time writing music, and that's how we got his famous Florida Suite. So through more research and more study, it came to light for me that that orange farm was actually. 
actually an orange plantation, and that the music that he wrote that inspired uh, his Florida Suite was in itself inspired by the Negro spirituals that uh, he was hearing, the, the Black music that he was hearing on that plantation. That is a minor detail in some people's eyes, the difference between an orange farm and an orange plantation. But from my view, racism is specifically linked with the way that that history has been taught and the degree to which folks like me have to relearn and unlearn to get the true story. There's also the famous story of Antonin Dvorak coming to the United States in the late 19th century to help uh, Jeanette Thurber, who invited him, codify exactly what American classical music is. Well, I don't have the quote right in front of me, but in essence, uh, Dvorak said, there is no building an American school of music without centering the perspective and aesthetics of Black music. He understood that immediately. And of course, uh, those sounds inspired much of his uh, chamber music as well as his Ninth Symphony. So if we fast forward to today, we haven't taken Dvorak's advice. We, we haven't centered the Black perspective in what we consider classical music. So when we think about that phrase, classical music, for me, it's directly connected with broader racist structures, broader patriarchal structures that teach us that the greatest music, the finest music, is by a certain number of men from a certain few countries in Western Europe. You've written that Handel made financial investments in the slave trade, and that allowed him to write Messiah. You just referenced English composer Frederick Delius. How should we approach art with complicated histories? The first thought is that we have to bring those histories to light. We can't allow racist histories or anti-Semitic histories take a, a back seat to an aesthetic or a piece of music that we've grown to love or, or just grown to become used to hearing if we put the experience first, it will force us to consider how those stories uh, should play a role in, in the way that we engage those pieces of music. But more directly, Handel's Messiah is something that, you know, is uh, performed and broadcast every holiday season. There are so many other works to put in its place that aren't so complicated. It gives us the opportunity to put something on stages and through our radio airwaves that we don't have to apologize for, music and composers that don't have complicated histories. Well, could you just describe a little bit more about some of the episodes that we're going to hear? The first of the five I titled Take Me to Church. So when it comes to the uh, musical tradition of the United States, not just Black folks, but the United States in general, the Negro spiritual really is the bedrock of what this part of the world has uniquely contributed to the world of classical music. And the next one, I've, I've titled it A Musical Founding Father. So when we get into uh, the evolution of the spiritual into blues and to gospel, we do eventually, of course, get to what um, many people call jazz. Duke Ellington, for many people, is the sort of godfather of that tradition. What many people don't know is that he did indeed write a number of orchestral compositions. Uh, in the next episode titled Women of the Movement, I wanted to do just that, celebrate Black women uh, in Western classical music here in the United States. 
uh, in the next episode, uh, I wanted to shine a light on the movies. Black composers have done a lot in uh, that regard themselves. And in the final of the five episodes, um, I titled it The Motherland. I wanted to make sure that I celebrated uh, the diaspora in a way that shines a light not only on the Afro-American story, but music that points all the way back to the African continent. So that's a little bit about uh, the five episodes that uh, you'll be hearing from the series. Garrett McQueen is the host of The Sound of 13. It's a program addressing racial injustice in our society through the lens of classical music. Garrett, thanks so much for joining me. Thank you. It's been a pleasure.